0: Welcome to the fourth episode of the Girls' Chase Podcast. I'm Varun Raja, and this time we feature Joseph W. South, an expert in all matters related to female psychology and male awareness to the way women think. Joseph has been in the game for many years, and now in his 40s has experienced marriage and children with several women, as well as countless encounters with women of all types spanning well over a decade. He has dedicated himself to learning why women do the things they do, and how a man can best handle their innate complexity, going as far as co-writing a book on this subject. I was very excited to dig deeper, and I hope you are too. Joseph, hello, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Well, I'm glad to have you here. I've had the uh, great opportunity to read your book, Practical Female Psychology for the Practical Man. And I understand that you have a long history and experience with women relationships. And I'd love to know if you can tell us about how all
1: this began. For sure. Well, the first incident I can remember was I was 11 years old and I was at a wedding. One of my dad's friends' wives kept coming up to me and flirting with me and dancing with me. And ever since I was 11 years old, I noticed that a natural... Charm with women. Women gravitated towards me always, but I had a very AFC mindset until I was in my early 30s. So I had a very strong Madonna horror complex. I could get women back to my house like very, very easily. And I did have sex with about 50 women by the time I was in my early 30s.
0: Oh, wow. So this was between when you were 11 years old and between your early 30s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I lost my virginity when I was 15, but. 50 women, it sounds like a lot, but when you consider that – Almost any time I wanted to, I could get a woman back to my house. But nine times out of 10, I wouldn't know what to do. I was nervous. If anything got physical, I got really, really nervous. And the woman kind of pretty much had to make it happen before anything would happen. Because I had a very severe Madonna work complex.
0: I see. So basically, you didn't lead the women while you were back at your place or while they were back in your room together privately. You just kind of didn't touch her. You didn't weren't physical with her, even though perhaps she was expecting sex.
1: Exactly. Like, I could lead a woman. platonically right right like hey we're buddies we're gonna go to my place we're gonna watch a movie we're gonna have some drinks no problem but when it came to sex, like when a woman was blatant and kind of threw herself on me, I was always kind of shocked. I was like, what well, you're, you're a woman. Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? You know, we're supposed to date for three months.
0: Right. It's kind of crazy. So this is all like society's expectations, essentially, you know. Yeah. Imagine, you know, in movies, you're supposed to wait till four or five dates or that's what your friends do. So that's what you should do. For sure. And it's a kind of a trap. It seems like you fell into and then you passed up on many, many women you could have hooked up with or had sex with.
1: Hundreds. (laughs) And my mother was, you know, she kind of drilled that I was raised by a single mom, like a lot of guys are. And she kind of drilled that into my head, like good girls, don't do that stuff and all that bullshit.
0: So I know that you, in your early 30s, you said you started getting interested in the seduction community and and pickup artists. Yeah. Uh, When did this happen?
1: I was living in the Cayman Islands since 1997. And when I moved there, I was actually married to a woman that I met in Toronto. And we moved to the Cayman Islands together and we divorced in 2001. And she's a real sweet lady, but we kind of lost attraction for each other. We didn't have any children together.
0: So was this like college girlfriend or someone who maybe you met in your early 20s and you decided you wanted to settle down with her basically?
1: Exactly, early
0: 20s. In the Cayman Islands, you moved and then...
1: Yeah, so a lot of people say Cayman Islands is a place where people go to break up because it's very much a college atmosphere in the sense that everybody is away from home. You don't have the family pressure of, you know, you're drinking too much or you're staying out too late or who's that guy you're hanging around with. Nobody knows anybody. Right. And it's very easy to make friends because everybody is kind of in the same situation.
0: Oh, they're just passing through essentially. Yeah,
1: it's about a 25% turnover every year. So there's people that, are, that have been there for 5, 10, 15 years, but every year there's 25% of the people leave because they've had enough and 25% new people come in. Right. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of cheating. There's a lot of turnover. It's not complete turnover, but it's very much like, College, 25% a year turning over. So
0: that means that you met these women in these... In his communities, right?
1: Yeah. So just to backtrack a little. So when I went there with my wife, I was a very shy introverted person. And when my father passed away, I was 28 and I inherited a little bit of money. Like we weren't crazy rich, but it was more money than I ever had in my life. And so I would have to attend business meetings and I had some spare time. So I go to bars and I decided, you know what? Like I actually want to be an extrovert. I actually like people. I like being able to go out for drinks and, you know, have parties and stuff like that. My wife right. was, she was the opposite. She was more introverted. She was more introverted and she didn't like, I said, hey, let's go to the bar and go for drinks. She's like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like she, she just didn't get it. And I was like, this is the best thing in the world. Like I was almost like a kid, you know, learning social life for the first time. Type thing.
0: I see an but, incompatibility between you and your ex-wife right there already, but then he, sure. I guess you broke out of your shell in the end.
1: Exactly. And I was 28 years old, but almost like a teenager, you know, being socially active for the first time. Right. I mean, I wasn't a total hermit before, but much more of an introvert. And, you know, we didn't have very much money at all. And she was an introvert. So there I was. Now,
0: at this time, you probably still considered yourself uh, what you call a natural AFC, I'd say, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. So,
0: still like under the influence of a lot of societal programming about marriage and relationships and dating.
1: Absolutely. Like I, like a lot of guys do, I watched a lot of porn because uh, you know I would crave that wild woman. It wasn't like a disrespect. Like I didn't despise women like that, but there was something in my head that led me to believe that if a woman was very sexual, there was something wrong with her. It wasn't in a hateful way, but my mom. You know, kind of brainwashed me to believe that there's something wrong with a woman who really enjoys sex.
0: Right. And this is the quintessential problem of the Madonna whore complex. What you wrote about with Franco and with David Clare in your book. Yes. Essentially, most men in society grow up thinking that they want the prudish virginal woman to marry, but then they also have a desire to have crazy wild sex with a so-called slut, essentially. Exactly. But they can't see the two together because you'd never want to be with one long term. Exactly. it's a
1: horrible, horrible conflict really. It's kind of mental torture. you know what's what's interesting is that as I learn things, women actually have a similar conflict internal conflict, right? where they feel embarrassed, they feel ashamed, but they've got this very strong conflict about two types of men that they desire.
0: What we're describing right now is, of course, the provider and the lover, you know, the one that will give her resources to raise her children, but then also the, the guy that she'll have crazy sex with to get impregnated. At the core of it, at the biological core, that's what it's really all about. That's right. (laughs) Hard pill to swallow, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) It is, it is.
0: Now, um, you told me that your first successful cold approach was in early 2004. I mean, how long did it take you to get to that point where you went from starting out to actually successfully cold approaching?
1: Yeah, sure. So when I split up with my wife in 2001, she was away. She was visiting family in Canada, and I am embarrassed to admit this, but I cheated on her.
0: Oh, I see. And
1: there was a woman who was... 39 and I was 33 at the time she was beautiful like she was just amazing and she took the initiative see because my mindset was yeah I I love women I love the company of women I'm a very charming guy but sex is not likely to happen unless we date for a couple of months or <laughs> she jumps on me. Right, and this, right? She pretty much jumped on me. I mean, it wasn't in a crude way. She was very sophisticated, but she took a liking to me and I fell head over heels with her, but she, she was it insane. It must be
0: the allure of the cougar, or the experienced woman can manipulate the younger man. Basically.
1: I think so. But I, at, subsequent to that, I dated women just as psychotic as her that were younger. Right. So, so I, she was definitely sophisticated, had a lot of experience, but I've met since then 26, 27-year-old women with the same kind of sophistication and kind of crazy mindset, right?
0: Oh, of course. They're everywhere.
1: (laughs) But but she was engaged to be married to a provider type of dude. Real nice guy. I met the guy. The, The whole thing was just so messed up. But she was so beautiful and so hot and made me really feel alive. And like I said, I always had that platonic charm. I can make friends easily. And I seem to make friends with women easier than men. I was like, do you want to come to my place for a drink? She's like, sure. She just starts going down on me. I couldn't resist because like every man kind of craves that a woman that is really into him. Yeah,
0: exactly. And also in that way, it's sophisticated and refined, but yeah, it just takes the initiative. Yeah. It's very sexy in its own right. And really
1: beautiful too. So that that was that. So anyway, she was crazy, and uh, this really distressed me because on the one hand, I was kind of breaking out of my shell sexually, but on the other hand, I couldn't control this woman. Like she was insane. I'll just give you one example. Like I saw her making out with uh, a guy one night. We were kind of dating, but she was like, you know, you're married. I'm engaged. Like we're not. This isn't. You know. But she would push my buttons and she would make out with guys in front of me. I see. And she came from a very abusive past and a very violent past and she said, I know you've got it in you like to be that aggressive type of guy. Now I can be aggressive but I don't like to get by. I see.
0: So she's trying to instill it out of you basically to try to drive you crazy. Exactly. To, like, to trigger you essentially to react.
1: Exactly. So one night, my favorite bar and I'm like a regular at this bar and I, I'm at this bar all the time she's making out with some dude in the bar, you know. So like all the staff coming up to me going do you want us to kick her
0: out what should we do embarrassing you essentially
1: yeah and i just felt like so lame like on the one hand the staff were ready to throw her out but on the other hand like this is happening
0: yeah it's
1: fucking embarrassing so i go home and this is what i did i call the locksmith and i say i got an emergency i lost my key someone's trying to break in i need my locks changed the guy comes out two in the morning changes the lock i pay him i go to a nightclub right I'm having a good time. I get home at four in the morning. My front window is smashed. She smashed the window, unlocked the door. She's in my bed, totally naked.
0: Oh my God. Just
1: this beautiful woman. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I missed you so much. Like. You know, I'm, I'm like trying to be angry, you know, and she's like, will you just please please just cuddle with me. I'm so sorry. I'll leave in the morning. I'm so sorry, you know, and so this was stressful for me because on the one hand, I felt like very alive as a man, you know.
0: Oh, of course. That's like a very hot, very sexual situation. It's like something you've seen a fantasy porn scene. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: right? And on the <laughs> other hand, I felt like, you know, a part of me thought like, I'm not really in control of this situation, <laughs>
0: right? yeah, exactly. And your dad—I mean, she held the power, and she was using yeah. you.
1: I kind of knew that, right? Like, she was so good that she led me to believe that I had the power, but she really held the power, and so subconsciously, I knew that. So that was when I decided, like, I'm so hot for this woman. But I, I have no control over the situation. So I need to understand female psychology. I got to get a handle on this shit. Obviously, I've got some natural talent here. I mean, this was the most beautiful woman I'd ever been with. Right. To that point in my life. But I had no control over it. I mean, she's breaking the glass on a place that I'm paying rent on my wife that I'm separated from is living in this beautiful condo that we bought together I'm living in this kind of cheap rental with roommates and I'm like, this is kind of fucked up.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's wild.
1: Yeah. So I found a guy called doc love who's kind of cheesy, a little bit on the AFC side. But it was on a website and David D'Angelo had his at banner ads running. So I clicked on one of those, bought his $29 ebook. And David D'Angelo was a master marketer. I bought his next product, DVD product.
0: So this is going way back. This is basically 2003, exactly. 2004.
1: 2003. So I'm still dating this hot cougar and I'm looking this stuff up because I'm like, on the one hand, I got some kind of power here. Or at least there's a power in the world. Beautiful, amazing, gorgeous women. Are available yeah. to me. But on the other end, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah,
0: you don't know how to handle them. And when you have them, you know, they drive you crazy, essentially. Exactly. I guess you've driven to a point of frustration where you sought out this new material. Exactly. New strategies.
1: Exactly. Like, on, on the one hand, I wanted more, you know. Like, I was like, I got the hottest woman of my life into bed. She's amazing. She's ready to leave her husband, like her fiancé, for me. On the other hand, she's breaking my glass. She's causing me embarrassment at my favorite hangouts. So it was something like I knew it was kind of destiny. I knew I had to figure out what was going on in my brain, what was going on in the woman's brain. I had to understand it. I've always been like an intellectual introverted type.
0: Yeah, And this eventually was what led to the development of both your radio gig. We talked about the Joseph W. South show, which you did for three years until 2009. Right. And also the book, which is all about female psychology and how to really handle it, how to deal with things like manipulation and how women behave sexually and also practically and emotionally, right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) What does uh, Joseph W. South mean anyway? I was curious.
1: (laughs) So just backtracking a little, I was raised to believe that um, children should be seen and not heard. So I was always an intellectual, I was always a good writer, but my parents basically told me to shut up, you know, if I want to speak. So I landed a radio job in early 2005 and long story short, it was my two best friends. They were doing this radio job and they said, if you want to... If you want to try out with us, we need a third. And I was terrified to, if anybody would look across the room at me and say, hey, what do you think? And people were looking at me, and my throat would clench up, I would get nervous. But something compelled me to go on the radio with these guys. And they were my two best friends and we shared the same sense of humor and we had the best morning show in the Cayman Islands. I said, I want to have my own radio show. And they're like, you can't, you don't have any experience. Like you don't know what you're doing. There's no fucking way you're going to. And I said, I want my own radio show and I became obsessed with it. And I was practicing in my car and in the shower. And one day, five months later, my boss calls me into his office. He says, I got a question for you. I said, what's that? He says, are you practicing in the car and in the shower? Uh And I said, yeah, I am. And he says, Billy is leaving us. Do you want to do the lunchtime show? I said, yeah. So that's what happened. Now, they gave me the name Hardcore was my radio name. Right, right. Now, they had a sister station, which we we were kind of like the white station. And then they had the black station, which was like hip hop and stuff. And they said, do you want to read the news? And I said, sure. And they said, well, on Sundays, it turns into the gospel station. And so you can't be called Hardcore. You need to come up with another name besides Hardcore. Because you can't play Hardcore on the Sunday gospel show so i came up with joseph w south so my middle name is joseph and w stands for went so joseph went south because of course
0: because he went south from canada
1: when i I went south from canada that's when i became a ladies man that's when i became a businessman It's just a whole new identity yeah and it has it kind of has the connotation of going down on a woman Like when you go south, right? uh, (laughs) Really subtle
0: hint, you know, of course. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And my boss, he was an asshole, but he was very smart businessman. And he said, when you guys tell crude jokes on the radio, he said, you will get fined. We'll get shut down if you swear on the radio. You need to be so sophisticated that a housewife going to work will laugh her ass off, but her six-year-old kid sitting next to her will have no idea what you're talking about.
0: You see, and that is the key to discretion.
1: That's the key to discretion. So that's the name, Joseph W. South.
0: That's what gets girls wet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's that
0: level of subtlety. It's amazing.
1: Exactly. So I can read on the gospel station the news. I said, "That's your news. This is Joseph W. South." You see, and so for a housewife, it would be kind of intriguing, but for anybody going to church, they, they you know it's meaningless. Just name, right? So that's that's how I came up with naturally
0: wanted to talk a little bit about the content of your book, actually. Sure. And I know you spent quite a bit of time assembling this with Franco and David Clare in separate occasions. Yes. And I understand that he also coached you in getting over the situation with your ex-wife. And Yes. How did your relationship with him unfold over these forums and seminars that you all went to together?
1: Yeah. So um, I didn't meet Franco until after we started writing the book in person.
0: I see. It's someone you sought out before then. Yeah,
1: for sure. So in two 2003, I attended my first David D'Angelo seminar I met uh, Mystery there. I met Tyler Durden. I met Brent Smith. I met David D'Angelo, all these guys. David D'Angelo's seminars were amazing because he had all these pickup artist guys that would give a, you know, anywhere from a 10 minute to an hour presentation on the stage. And I got to meet a lot of them personally afterwards. And then at one of those seminars, they talked about the old MASF forum. Which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, and MSF was started like back before there was actually a modern internet, like a Usenet group by Ross Jeffries, I believe. But all all the the old gurus, yeah. But if you can find the archives, like all the old gurus, like that everybody knows about, Mystery and Tyler Durden and stuff, they were regular posters on that forum before they left to start their own forums. I think even Chase posted on there for a while. We overlapped for a while. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. It's like, I feel like, like I'm like a 80-year-old talking about the old days, you know, but MASF had a sub-forum called Relationships. Now, the traditional pickup artists, you know, the guys who were all in the cold approach and stuff, they they thought it was stupid. They thought it was lame. They thought it didn't belong on there. You know, it had nothing to do with pickup. That's what a lot of these hardcore guys believed. But the amazing thing about the Relationships Forum was we were using the the techniques and the principles We were learning from Mystery and Ross Chepries and Tyler Jordan, and we were applying them to more advanced things in the sense of...
0: More unique situations, basically?
1: Yeah, well, unique situations, but also let's say, okay, you you pick up a girl off a cold approach and you bang her. Let's say you want to keep seeing her. And let's say you do keep seeing her. And now she starts making demands on you. Right. How do you handle that, right? What if you want to keep seeing her, but you still want to sleep with other women? How do you handle that? How
0: do you tell right? her about it? Like, how do
1: you treat her? Exactly. And beyond that, what if you say, look, I'm dating other women and she flips out? How do you handle that?
0: And also with the intention, of course, of keeping her around when things are calm or even being completely okay with letting her go if, if she's not you know, behaving well. Yeah.
1: Exactly. All that stuff and multiple long-term relationships. Now I've searched the internet outside of the original said MASF forum. I don't know of anybody on a really sophisticated level talking about dating multiple women simultaneously on a sustainable basis, okay? So there was that. There was uh, threesomes. There was like, if you're married, how do you get your wife into a threesome? If you're going through a divorce, how do you game the legal system to have a successful outcome? Because, you know, a lot of us know that men, if they want to be fathers, they're at a disadvantage if you end up in the court system. Oh,
0: of course. Uh, The law is heavily favorable towards women. With alimony, with child support, and she can keep half of, or even all of everything that you've worked your ass for your whole life. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And for me, the most important thing was my daughter, right? And so these are pickup artists discussing, what do you do? She's taking your kids from you. What do you do? Right? This is really unique for a seduction and pickup forum for men that had pickup experience, right? These are cold approach experts. Right. That are talking about topics that affect every man in the world, but these are guys who are experts in pickup, you see? And so that that was the allure of that forum. So when I had a baby with this woman, and now, now we're friends, you know, my daughter's 10 years old and we're friends now. But at the time, it was very painful. And, you know, I was faced with losing my daughter and... I had this great lifestyle, on the other hand, but the love of my life basically was gonna leave. You see, so I, I, I didn't know how to reconcile, like having this lifestyle and keeping my daughter and you know keeping this woman in my life. So that those are the kinds of things we're talking about on the relationships forum of the old fast seduction, and that's where I met Franco.
0: Obviously, you practiced all of these in the Cayman Islands when you were there, so you had yes. that perfect testing ground. Strangers, you know, coming and going as tourists, high turnover. Yes. Absolutely. You know, testing all these theories, you learned a lot about women and manipulation like you were describing. So why do women manipulate men and how do they do it? Very broad subject, but I'm sure... Yeah. All your experience and lots to say.
1: <laughs> right. So that was my number one question. You know, it's like I'm able to pick up women. I'm sleeping with the most beautiful women I ever had in my life. I understand all the scenarios that I blew before because I got a woman home and I wouldn't touch her, I wouldn't escalate. But now I'm in love with a woman and I've got a kid with a woman and why is she doing this? You know, why is she trying to break my balls all the time? You know?
0: Okay, just to backtrack a little bit, I think you make a really good point that the game never really ends. It just kind of grows in difficulty yeah, <laughs> in my right. opinion. But, you know, you always reach a point and then you can get to higher and higher levels. Whether it might be managing one relationship to three relationships to threesomes and swinging parties, or even like having two kids from two separate mothers, essentially, while dating other women at the same time. It's <laughs> yeah, complex.
1: It is complex. And you know, the problem we have as men is that we have to acknowledge the fact that when it comes to relationships, romantic relationships, that is the domain of women. Of course. I believe seduction and you know business and taking a direction in life is the domain of men but when it comes to a long-term relationship that is the expertise that is where women have their power and the first step is we got to acknowledge that we can seduce them and we can when you're having sex with a beautiful woman and she's submitting to you it's real but the illusion we get is that that Power we have over the woman can be permanent.
0: Of course, but it never really is because. It never really is permanent. Over time, she takes the control from you if you allow it to be so.
1: For sure. It sounds a little weird and esoteric to say it, but as soon as the man ejaculates, the power goes back to the woman. Literally. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of too broad of a subject to put it that way. But our power over women is only temporary. And we have to keep that in mind. Like humans are the top predator species on planet earth and women make up a little over 50% of that. You see, so
0: of course, of course, and there, you know, there's ultimately the sustainers exactly. of the human species. At the end of the day, you know, without women, we wouldn't be anywhere.
1: I don't quite believe that. I don't quite believe that either. I think,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to an extreme, to an extreme degree, some people you could, would like, say that you could
1: conceive of a world where you know there's sperm banks and men are just slaves, and that's kind of what we have today, actually. But really, in an equal playing field, I believe, like we're kind of equal. Like we both have our strengths. But my point here is that you have to kind of respect the strength that women have without being AFC about it, without saying, I'll do whatever you say, because that's bullshit. Men have their strengths too, but we have to understand it and appreciate the right. strengths that women have, is my it's point. It's a
0: natural quality that they're born with and that they just grow up better understanding of.
1: That's right. So manipulation is, is one of them.
0: And, you know, the goal of manipulation, it seems, is to have the male invest mental energy into the female. Over a long period of time, essentially. I mean, this is yeah. more, even a short period of time, it could be too. It's something that will sustain their children. It can sustain their resources, their security, their safety. Yeah. And,
1: you know, take care of the bar tab on a short term. Like, <laughs> seriously. So when a woman says, hey, buy my drink, right? What she's trying to get the man to invest in her, it may only be $7. Right. Okay. But it's still a mental and a, a material investment. It's
0: exactly, it's representative of a commitment to her, and then you know she has some degree of control over him.
1: Yeah, at least in that moment, it may only last five minutes. She may take her drink and say, "Thank you, right. see ya, of see course, you later." That's probably what would happen anyway. <laughs> but who doesn't love free drinks? You know, I've I've had free drinks in the past from guys and from women. But not to the degree that a beautiful woman does, but you can learn that skill that a woman has that someone's going to want to buy you a drink, you see. And it feels great when someone does that. Of course.
0: And also this emotional energy, you know, the more a man invests in the woman, the less likely he is also to invest elsewhere in other women because you're kind of, it's like a sunk cost in a way. Exactly. So deeply invested. I know like uh, we hear of a lot of stories where some men actually like this kind of abuse and the drama they get. Yeah.
1: Well, like, like is kind of a, a tricky word because... You know, we can be addicted to things that uh, addiction is interesting. So in the moment, we certainly do like it because we're getting that dopamine rush or whatever it is. So we can say, yeah, we like that. But the aftermath can be much worse. So it's more of an addictive thing. You know, it's not like, yeah, I'm a man and I like to be abused. It's a little more complicated than that it's like right now i'm getting a dopamine rush because she's engaging with me she's paying attention to me right, right? she's treating me like i'm important even though it's a negative thing
0: ultimately right right what are men's strengths and weaknesses
1: well that's a great topic one of the trickiest things with helping guys and especially young guys is dealing with half-truths what i mean is that a lot of what you see, in culture, is half true. So we see this all the time on TV. Like women like tough guys. Right. They like guys that are strong. They like guys that can dominate them. Right, right. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Right, but there's another side to it as well. There's um, keeping your integrity, being strong within yourself. Doing what you want to do as a man, not just reacting to the, the internal
0: theme. sector essentially, the, your your mindset, your mentality. Exactly. Right. You've spoken about how there's memes out there, like women like sensitive men, nice guys, all these like cutesy things that people already say. And a lot of times <laughs> yeah. it makes sense that these are kind of half truths because I mean it works sometimes and so people believe it even if it works in the short term but not in the long
1: term. Absolutely. Like you don't I don't know if you've ever read a romance novel and they're really tedious, but if you can get through one it's they're really educational but what you'll see is you'll see a guy, male character is a complete asshole, but he is sensitive For the woman. Right. Just for that woman. He might be like cutting people's heads off and like murdering people and like destroying businesses, but he's sensitive for that woman. So that's the half truth. A woman likes sensitivity in a man who is already strong right if a man is weak and he shows sensitivity it's actually repulsive. right but
0: the key is the strength that belies everything you know it's like they want to see That's the right. sensitive man but they also want to have the respect that they know that he's strong deep inside i know you've mentioned that masculinity is consciousness awareness and presence so what yes. is what does that imply
1: so i'm a big fan of david data so if you want to go deeper into this i I highly recommend you look him up. I've heard of David Data, of course. He's brilliant. Yeah, and guys should look him up. He's awesome. I've attended two of his live seminars actually with girlfriends of mine, two different girlfriends. We went to David Data, and he's really amazing. One of the things he says is, so everybody exists on a spectrum of masculine to feminine. We've all got masculine and feminine within us. But what creates sexual attraction is the opposite. So like you've seen jumper cables on a of car, red and black. Where if you touch them together you get the you get the sparks, right? <laughs> That's a good analogy. Right? That David David, that's from it's, David It's David. the polarity
0: so, between the two poles between the plus and the minus, the exactly. masculinity and the femininity that really causes the sexual tension and sparks to fly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So this is where we get confused. Like you ever been with a good buddy and you love the guy. You're out. I don't know if you drink, but you know, having a good time and you just love the guy. You might hug him Right? Pat him on the back, man. I had a such great time. I can't wait to see you. But you don't want to bang him. You don't have no I'm saying? sexual tension. There's no sexual tension. But you feel love, but there's no sexual tension. So that is essential. The polarity, the difference between masculine and feminine is essential to get that sexual spark, you see. So what happens in relationships, you can say, Yeah, we have a good relationship. They're not fucking. Yeah. You can tell when a couple, yeah, they like each other, they respect each other, but they're not dying to get home to rip their clothes off each other. They're more like brother and sister because they killed that polarity. You see that in a
0: lot of AFCs, I suppose. Like, yes. There's tons. very little sexual tension between the couple. It's like something that makes either of them uncomfortable or you just find the idea of physical intimacy is gross. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah,
1: or at least at least the woman yeah. does. At least the woman does. The guy's going to go home and jerk off to porn. <laughs> and it. honestly, he's going to jerk off to a porn star that kind of reminds him of his girlfriend. Exactly. To be honest, because I've, I've been through this and I've talked to guys who've been through this and I've slept with, you know, I'm not proud of it, but I've slept with women who have been with boyfriends and, you know, they tell me like, I love him. I like him. He's a great guy, but you're the guy I want to fuck. You yeah.
0: See. It's that sexual tension that the lover provides. And then the provider just can't match that. It's, you know, it's for resources, it's for the comfort and safety and security aspect, but not the sexuality. Exactly. So,
1: so keeping that polarity so consciousness awareness yeah and presence
0: what is that exactly
1: it's really simple to understand but it's really hard to practice so you know you ever been in a bar where you're talking to your buddy and maybe you've got a little more experience with women than he does and you're sitting at the bar and a beautiful woman walks in and what happens to your buddy his headlight like goes right right he goes to the woman right so it's an involuntary reaction okay so he's responding to the stimulus unconsciously it's a very subtle difference but it's really important so a guy who's really good with women will react differently he won't say i don't find that woman attractive i don't notice that woman he's not going to that extreme of pretending like this is not an attractive woman and he's not responding but the difference is he is choosing where to put his focus he's saying oh I felt something within me when that woman walked in and he may say to his buddy, he's a nice guy, he may say to his buddy, hey, just hold that thought for a second. And he will turn slowly to the woman and he will look her up and down from head to toe. All done this. And he'll feel the same emotions that any 10-year-old boy is feeling, right. but he's not afraid of it. He's completely aware of it. You see, a hot woman knows when she walks into a bar, guys are checking her out. But most guys try to pretend like they're not.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like they have a third sense in a way, you know, to do that. Yeah. They can sense you even when they can't look at you directly. They can
1: totally sense you. So a guy who's totally present and totally conscious will say, yeah, all these chemical reactions are going on in my body. I'm getting a boner. This is a totally hot woman. However, I'm aware of it. I'm not doing any involuntary head motions I am aware of what is happening in my body. I'm aware that this woman is doing this to me. And I'm not afraid. I can look her straight in the eyes and say, you're totally safe with me, but I will take you on top of this table right now right and that's the kind of look in your eyes you see so it's just being being totally aware of everything that's going through your body and her body that consciousness you see that is irresistible to what you're
0: describing is like a primal nature essentially more animalistic aspects of human sexuality yes right Like you picture us as animals and you get – men get a thrill from conquering situations and enemies. But also these women, they get a – the feminine, they want to feel like the raw passion.
1: Absolutely. They – they women, the core desire of a man is to be able to conquer. And the core desire of a woman is to be taken by a man. And before that, so what a woman wants is to be seen. Right. So if you can picture masculinity as the ability to see – And femininity as everything else that is going on. So movement, light, dance, music, color is the feminine. And the masculine is the ability to see all that and to put it into context and to sometimes control and guide that. That is what's masculine. So what a woman craves, uh, it doesn't matter if she's 400 pounds, it doesn't matter if she's a supermodel, what she craves is for that man to see her. Here's how she's feeling right now. Here's the expression on her face. Here's what she's nervous about. Here's the uh, other couple across the room that she's envious about. Here's her girlfriend that she's always been in the shadow of who's she believes is a little bit hotter than her. Here is the other hot guy across the room that she cannot get his attention. Just the awareness of all these things, okay? So for you to be able to see that and to say, you're the woman I'm going to have sex with, Right. right? And you don't just jump on a woman like a caveman, but your body language and the way you talk to her and the way you look at her shows that you have no fear and a complete awareness of the situation. That's irresistible to a woman. A woman wants to be seen in four or five dimensions and to be ultimately chosen.
0: Right. And then as a real man, you'd be addressing every single aspect of her, which is including one of the most powerful elements a lot of men are uncomfortable with is her sexuality.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I know you've mentioned that a man has to be penetrative and a woman has to be receptive. And what does that mean exactly?
1: So let's imagine a hypothetical scenario. So you're, you're in a social setting. So I've, just to be clear, I've picked up women where we've been a nightclub. Okay. And on the street, I've done cold approach and I actually have a 10 year old daughter as a result of a traditional street cold approach.
0: Wow. Amazing.
1: (laughs) You know, so um, long story, but most of the relationships, short term, one night stands, whatever that I've had with women have been in a more of a social setting. Like I really love house parties. Right. I just really love that. That's where I can really teach guys, too, is, you know, if you're at a a situation where people are drinking and stuff like that. But what it means for a man to be penetrative is you'll notice, you know, as you gain experience that you start to make eye contact with a woman, you start to feel that jumper cable, you know, a little bit of sparks going on, you see. And what happens is a bubble starts to form around the two of you. And it's really nice. Now, two buddies can do the same thing. If you're into sports, you can do the same thing. You'd be high-fiving each other all night, right? But you're not going to have sex because it's platonic. But what I mean when I say a man needs to be penetrative is you're in this bubble with a woman. But you understand that a woman ultimately, when she is attracted to a man, she gets soft. Actually, her pussy gets soft, right? She lubricates, right? Of course, plump. Right? Eventually, her legs will open. Right? You get an erection, but before that, symbolically, the same thing is happening. She starts to open up her body language. You might crack a joke that she'll laugh at, whereas previously she'd have her walls up and say, You know, that's not funny. I don't notice you. I'm not, I'm ignoring you. She starts to open up. She starts to laugh. You're getting physically closer. The man is getting harder in a sense in the sense that- This is
0: the charm you're discussing also with these women. You know, you're kind of charming them, making them more receptive to you.
1: For sure, for sure. I mean, this is just biology. Like, if a man is like, he, you know, he's sensitive to where the woman is at, this is a huge problem men have. They don't go at the pace of the woman, right? They don't understand pacing and leading, which uh, Drexel will teach you all about, but they don't understand like where the woman is at and they think, okay, I have this desire and I'm going to plow forward. But really it's, it's being conscious of where the woman is at. And then moving forward, you see. So of course,
0: moving at her own pace, basically.
1: Yeah, but you're not being deferential. You're not like, is this okay? Is this okay? You're penetrating her space. So she may give you eye contact that that indicates to you, I like you, I like what I'm looking at. You need to step in and give her a kiss on the lips, right? At a certain point, you have to penetrate her space. Because really, when you think of sex. If you've seen porn before if you've had sex you're ultimately you're penetrating her but it starts way before that you hold the eye contact a little bit longer than she would expect you move a little bit closer than she would expect if she indicates She wants you to kiss her, you kiss her a little bit harder than she might expect.
0: Always pushing the boundary.
1: Yeah, just pushing, penetrating, you see. And for it to work though, the woman has to be opening, 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 more and more receptive. And then eventually that's what sex is.
0: Yeah, eventually you penetrate her completely. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So you're first. penetrating her, her mind space, first of all, and then her physical space.
0: Amazing. So love to know where can we read more about this or how can uh, readers contact you or listeners contact you rather?
1: Great. Well, um, I'm a regular writer now on Girls' Chase. So you can contact me there if you comment on one of my posts. Also, if you go to lulu.com, if you want the print version of Practical Female Psychology for the Practical Man, go to lulu.com. But if you prefer uh, an electronic version, you can go to Lulu and you can also go to amazon.com. So just, um, I don't have a URL to give you, but just go to Amazon and type in practical female psychology or Joseph W. South and you will find it.
0: And to reiterate, the title of Joseph's book, co-written by Franco and also by David Clare, is Practical Female Psychology for the Practical Man. That's correct. And I personally read this also, and it's quite amazing. It's really quite brilliant. Very, very good resource for any man. Well, thank you. It's great to have you, Joseph South. And uh, it was a real pleasure. Stay tuned for the next edition of the Girls' Chase podcast in about a month's time. Until then, I'm Barun Raja, signing out.